I tell you what, I don't know much about architecture, and I'm about to sound a bit pretentious. Go okay, so it. bear with me. Yes, of course. I think John Soane has a brilliant feel for the proportions of a room. Yes. And the windows therein. I can't believe I've just said that. I can. <laughs> But I do support you wholeheartedly in that. And the flow... is flow of the rooms. The flow of the rooms. It's ama- this, it is yes. amazing. What do you think of a red wall? This in- is a bold red wall. This is really quite vibrant. Do you think this actually might have been a contributor to his irascible nature? Well, I was going to say, this reminds me, Purse, of uh, the room <laughs> that you had in a house that we shared together back in the <laughs> mid-90s. And you painted the walls exactly this colour abattoir red i think i used to call it <laughs> i loved it at the time i think i might have been slightly angry i thought this shows Soane's anger i think angry is a very good way of putting it well i used to present a show about cakes uh, on the tv i do a little bit of acting every now and then and i'm very very good behind the bar i've got good multitasking skills i can do an optic with one hand and take an order with another. That's probably my big skill set. Yeah, Mel Gedroich. I'm her so-called friend, Emma Pierce, and this is... Meet me at at the the museum. museum. Good timing. Um, (laughs) And this is... Meet me me at the the museum. museum. Hooray! (laughs) Welcome to my manor, purse. Not actually my manor, it's Pitshanger Manor. I I was going to say you've gone up in the world. I don't live here. I wish I did. Isn't it beautiful? Absolutely stunning, and it's such a lovely day as well. Yeah, you don't need to over. Don't need to over. I get Pitt's Hanger Manor. I, I. Do you know what? I don't actually know when it was built. Embarrassingly, is it 18th century? I think it might be early 19th century. You swat. <laughs> I have just been told. Mind that. that rake. There's a rake on the floor. If you tread on that, it'll spring up and hit you in the face. Good. Thank you for that. Good health and safety at all times. It's a very grand old entrance with some sort of eagle, spread eagle in a wreath. And I'm going to call them Palladian purse. I'm going to say they're Palladian I cannot contradict you. They may well be. It's a very beautiful, stylish entrance with great height to it as well. Yeah, lots of sort of statuary. I feel like we're going into some sort of character from To the Manor Born starring Penelope Keith. Do you know what I mean? Always back to the 70s with you, isn't it? I was going to say they look like... It's my era. It is. 1870s. Um, they are wonderful sort of neoclassical oh, columns. Oh, now she brings out That's the peak. I've, I've crashed and burnt now. <laughs> I've burnt myself out. Neoclassical, as in the sort of the columns. The, the Ionic yeah. columns, I think, possibly. Oh. I've given Look, you need, my all. We, need we need haven't tickets. even got inside. We need tickets. tickets. Come on, let's go to the booth. Yep. Oh, wow. This is cool, man. Gosh. Right. This is proper. So electronic doors as we go in. That's very much. Hiya, good afternoon. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, nice to see you. This is lovely. So you're an Ealing resident? Yes. And an art fund member? I do have a national art pass as it goes. Fab. Bit um, smug, sorry. Yeah. A little bit smug. <laughs> it's all right. So you're actually entitled to double discount, which is great. Um, so your ticket today is only £2.25. That is a bargain. Does that mean I can stay forever? Yeah, Can I live I mean, here? Yeah, <laughs> until closing time. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks for making it all the way out to Ealing. It's my pleasure. It's the queen of the suburbs, you know. So you keep telling me. But John Soane, whose house this was, I mean, Ealing is only about as the crow flies 
eight miles from town, from London town. But this was his country residence. How times have changed. I love that thought, though, of him rocking up on his um, horse. horse. (laughs) (laughs) In his horse and carriage from his house in town. I think he lived in Hoban. So he was pretty important, old John Soane, Sir John Soane. He certainly left an incredible legacy. Yeah. And actually, it does feel... It does feel a little bit rural still around here. Yeah, it's very quiet. It is. Yeah. That's why you like it, isn't it? How long have you been in Ealing? Uh, oh, on and off about 17 years, 16 years. Wow. I know. All around. We had to keep moving for various reasons. Keep away from the law. Yes. I love the fact that there is something like this in Ealing because it's lovely to have, you know, this is my local museum. This is my local museum. And I'm very glad to share it with you today. Oh, thank you. It's a real treat. She said through clenched teeth. And clutching the fiver that she'd paid me earlier. <laughs> We're going to meet the director of this museum. Oh, brilliant. I've set it up, Purse, for Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you. I owe you. So we can ask her various questions. There's a few things I'd love to know, actually, about old Sir John Soane. Interesting character, I expect. Oh, yes. Around in the early 19th century. And I think there was. A, I think he had a few problems in his family. I seem to remember from going to the museum in London itself. Something with his kids. I don't think oh. he left his kids anything when he died. Gosh. I don't know why. We'll have to ask. Yes. Okay. He left everything he owned, and he was a massive collector of classical antiquities. I think it's um yeah to be the sort of person who can leave this amazing legacy behind. Maybe not always the easiest of characters. Yeah. Well, we'll have to find out. I think there are ghosts and Literal rifts. ghosts? Hopefully not literal. OK. But I sense, you know, unease and family rifts in here. Dramas. You're very sensitive. A bit like dynasty. But dynasty, dynasty and Ealing. Ealing dynasty. Ealing dynasty, but 19th century. I, I have a sense there were sort of flouncings out, doors slamming, plates being thrown, that kind of thing. We need to find out more. I'm up for it. Good. Now, Purse, none of your slumming. I'm not taking you in through the old tradesman's entrance. We're going to go very much frontally into the grand entrance. This is actually very impressive, isn't it? It's beautiful. Getting up these wonderful steps, rather palatial. Built to the exact height of a carriage approaching so that you'd be on the same level as somebody coming in. I got that fact from a book. I didn't know that myself. I'm still impressed. And I do love a man who thinks ahead. Planning is everything. (laughs) Right, come on in. Oh, look at this grand hall. Gosh. Beautiful. Wow. That is amazing. The colour scheme is so vibrant, kind of deep ochre and black, or maybe dark charcoal. It's quite bold, isn't it? Very bold. Yes. Slightly sort of, I'm getting, bizarrely, sort of flapper nightclub vibe. I've never been into a flapper nightclub, so I can't confirm or deny. Nor have I, but I'm just imagining some very glamorous occasion. I was thinking it looks rather like one of those um, Greek urns. The inside of a Greek urn. Or the outside of a Greek urn. Oh, the outside of a Greek urn. (laughs) I don't want to be trapped inside a Greek urn with you, much as I love you, Purse, but... I think there wouldn't be room, would there? But it's very nice, because straight ahead, you get that beautiful window through to the open, I suppose, 
John Soane's, it's his back garden really, isn't it? It's a beautiful park out there. Should yeah. we check out the eating room? Absolutely. Will there be snacks? I hope so. Here's hoping. I hope they're not just museum fake snacks or the real thing. Oh, look at this. Oh, wow. <gasps> look at the colours. Suddenly we're in kind of amazing pastel territory. It's very Wedgwood. Yes, it is. Beautiful that... blues and amazing scroll work. And lovely. Is that done in plaster, all that white yes, stuff on the, the top? Yes, It's a bit like being, and you'll relate to this, inside a cake, isn't it? <gasps> it's very cake-like. Oh! <laughs> That was a surprise. That was a very good moment. So as you go round the museum, you'll suddenly get these little bits of audio coming out at you as to sort of create the idea that you're here and having a dinner party, I think. Move further down the table, it might be something else. So there's a real old windbag around this table. Someone is just going on and on. Turner Turner is here, lovely. Sally Smith, never heard of her. No, never mind. John Stern at the other end of the table. You're very quiet, Mr. Batsman. I just enjoy listening to the conversation. I know what you mean. Mr. Stern is a very welcome. I love Eliza. Brilliant. I'm slightly gutted I wasn't asked to do that uh, that voiceover work. I could have given her a lot more. You would have given her your all. I would. Welcome Hello. to Pitsanger. Really nice to meet you. Good Hello. to meet you. To meet I'm you. Claire Goff. I'm director here. Oh. So it's great to have you here. Do you ever have parties in here, Claire? Sorry, that's my first <laughs> <We> question. <laughs> this is a party house. It was designed as a party house, and you, it is a fantastic you party house. Right, you? Do, don't you, you, you feel that? that I yeah. walked in. I thought this is a place where a lot of things have happened yeah. in nooks and crannies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there are quite a few of those. Isn't it? No, Soane was a... I mean, he wanted this as a party house, so he designed it as a party house, both inside oh. and outside. Lots of big garden parties, as in huge numbers outside. Oh. Um, and, then, and, then, and then smaller, smaller, well, quite big by our standards, but smaller dinner parties here for about 20, 25 people. And who would he have invited? Who, oh, was, no. who was he trying to impress? Well, very good question. Um, very much trying to impress potential clients. Some of those were friends that he was trying to persuade to um, commission ah, him to do yes. work, but other people very definitely trying to influence sort of the Beaumont at the time. But we've got a few records um, down in the eating room, which is the, the dining room, right. of people who he has invited. So they include Turner, the artist, who was a great mate. Oh, he used to go oh. fishing with Turner down in the fishing lake, oh, um, wow. um, down at the bottom end of the park. Um, cool. But Turner, and then, and then the future king of France, who was currently exiled but was here in Napoleonic times, came to dinner. And then quite a few singers and artists and sort of politicians and so on. Uh, everybody who was trying to influence. So it was the sparkling society of that time? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And actually what we've tried to do in the, in the eating room, we've, just, we've tried to recreate a bit of a dinner party. So if you go in there, you, you, you pick up snippets of conversation that might have been going on in the sort of early 1800s, talking about the abolition of slavery and, and talking about war with the French and sort of issues. Yes. I was planning my grandson, the war with France meant there was a ban on travel. I was lucky too. A rich patron paid for my trip. I was free just to wander about with my sketchbook and draw whatever took my eye. 
I had such hopes of designing. I think Soane was an absolute classic genius. He is absolutely brilliant, but that comes, I think, with a few, a few damage. I think he was, you know, he could get, he'd get, get a bit upset, easily, easily offended. Oh, a bit moody. A bit moody. He did, very interesting, something about the design of this house. It was an entertainment house, but there were very few bedrooms. So it was come to dinner and then please go away oh, again. interesting. And I interesting. suspect, I don't know this, but I suspect he was a brilliant party animal, life and soul of the party, and peaked at the party, but I suspect probably you didn't want to see him over breakfast, so I think that's part of the thing. <laughs> Come to dinner and then... He was a massive boozer, Claire, is what you're basically <laughs> saying. <laughs> he, we do have some records, which is quite fun. We do have some records of what he, um, what he drank at Christmas, only oh. the very best champagne, ruin our champagne. And um, he used to share that with his, um, with his staff at Christmas, so giving them porter and punch at Christmas. So, yeah, no, alcohol definitely played a part. But, of course, it was, it was the Napoleonic Wars when, we, uh, when he was living here, so they had to be slightly careful about how much, how much alcohol you could get from France. Okay. So, so maybe it's more from other countries. And what about his relationship with his children? Oh, difficult. Yeah. Very difficult, very difficult. And sad, it seems. Very sad, very, very sad. Was he over-demanding dad? I think he must have been. I think he must have been. So what we know is that he fell out incredibly badly with both his sons. So he had five children. Three of them died in childhood, Gosh. but two, two surviving sons. And I think, unfortunately, he set incredibly high expectations for them and pretty much told them what they were going to be. So he told them they were going to be architects, which we all know is not a great way to manage your yeah, relationship yeah, with your children, yeah. and fell out with them completely and utterly. Um, such that um, his wife got very sick from it, um, so depressed by the relationship that actually it was she who insisted eventually that they they move back from this house to their house in London because she needed to have the society of friends around to to cheer her up. And it's a very sad story. Because they were only here, actually, for 10 years or something, yeah. weren't yeah. they, in this house yes. in Ealing? Yes, And that's and why, is it, she got depressed and lonely? That's absolutely why. And he, oh. had, he had this great vision that he was building here the future dynastic home for his family of architects and his children were going to pick up the mantle from him and their children after it and so he designed this thinking it was a great place to inspire future architects and that I think he must have imposed that dream on them so strongly that it was inevitably going to shatter and shortly um, shortly before her death one of the sons published an article that was very critical of his father and his and his wife actually says Eliza says that that was probably her death now. Oh my goodness! Wow. It's it's stuff of That's real really, drama. Really it is, sad. isn't it? That is you know, soap opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember reading somewhere that he never actually left anything to his sons is because, that, of is that, that, right? yeah. because of that and so in a bizarre sort of way out of this tragedy the nation gets a benefit which is that as a result he left his london home and all of his archive that he kept there he left his london home to the public by act of parliament so it's handed over to the public so so we get the john so museum because he didn't hand it down to his because sons because he fell out yeah because he fell out so badly I wonder, Purse, over our, this is terrifying, our 40-year friendship. It's 40 years, mate. It does feel like it, mate, yeah. For a long time. Time maybe to just cut the ties. Could be, yes. <laughs> but I wonder how many uh, museums we've been to together in those 40 years. Probably quite a few, actually. I wouldn't hazard a guess. Loads and lots of exhibitions. Yeah. And, um... I'm going to say 60. 
Okay, that's a, that's a good figure. Yeah. We may have made up for it in more recent years. Yeah. There is a huge joy with going to an exhibition with, you know, someone that you like, a friend. And if I can't find one of those, you'll do. <laughs> but it's very nice. I love the chumbling chat that you have. <laughs> it's, always, it's always very chumbling. It's partly looking at the exhibits and then just talking about yourselves, really. Yeah. But it's also that feeling of you don't have to talk all the time, which I really like. Yes. If you feel you've said everything that you can say or want to say, there's a very sort of, com- I'm going to say companionable silence. Wow, bold word. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? I think, yes, I agree with you. And I think there is nothing worse than going around an exhibition feeling under pressure to say something intelligent. Oh, but listen. Which, as you know, never happens. No. You'll never get that You're me. very safe with me, Percy. You're totally safe. Have you ever we're th- safe with each other. With yeah. I've, I have. Have you ever been on, on a museum trip with somebody that you're slightly trying to impress? Ooh, like first date at the museum. Yes. Yes. Oh, that God. That be quite cringy. It's awful. It's just so embarrassing. Or if you've gone around with someone that you don't know very well, yeah. and at the end they turn to you and say, so, what do you think? Yes. I have literally no thoughts in my head at that point. Yeah. It's a blank, yeah. not even canvas. It's like a kind of blank tissue. Yeah, it could be a tissue. Sodden it could be an empty tissue. room. Yeah. <laughs> an empty padded room, perhaps, like a cell. That's, that's, what, that's what they get. We're going to go now to something that's not normally open to the public and just go and have a quick look at the servants' quarters upstairs. Yeah, fascinating. Yes, please. Great. How many floors up are they, Claire? Oh, 20 floors. <laughs> not too many steps. Poor um, servants, though. It's always, you know, yeah. carrying heavy buckets of water and God knows what. But actually, Sony looked after his servants quite well, we think. Um, so little things like the, the, the fireplaces in the servants' quarters are exactly the same as what he puts in his bedrooms. That's so he's very definitely cool. not treating them as, you know... So it's quite democratic. Yes, yes. And there are a few other things that suggest... He, you know, he came from quite humble beginnings and he probably didn't, didn't feel that it was appropriate to treat servants in quite the way that not everybody That's did. That's great. That's good. We're now going to go up these rather wonderful um, stairs underneath the statue of Minerva and take you up to um, the servants' quarters. Lovely. Yeah. Just as we go past it, that is his stunning main entertaining room, oh, his wow. upper drawing room, and it's got the Beautiful most spectacular wallpaper. Chinese wallpaper on it. It's amazing. Is it hand-painted? It's that hand-painted. <gasps> it took us six months to do it. A oh. wonderful artist called Alistair Peebles painted it by hand during the conservation project after endless research about what it Six what it months. Wow. It was always a really lovely place to do during the conservation project because it was kind of, you know, building chaos everywhere else and that was a serene place. And he'd be playing classical music and I'd go in there. I was going to say, what was he listening to as he did it? I was imagining Radio 2, but it's a bit low Radio 3. Radio 3. Brilliant. Right, onwards. Onwards Let's go. So we're now on the... Is this the first floor? Sneaking you through into this little lobby beside Mrs. Soane's bedroom. And then there's a tight little... Sorry, Are you all right, Claire? <laughs> She's taking us through some, some very, very dark strange... corridors. Do we trust her? No wonder Eliza was so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going into Eliza's bedroom, I think. I'm not sure if we're in... Oh! Um, oh, wow. oh, wow, this is like a little labyrinth. So these are the family bedrooms leading up to... There's a tiny little lobby... Amazing. Narrow, tiny, tiny, narrow staircases. 
But very quickly you'll see why because I brought you up here. So here we are on the landing and um, we're, we're looking up at this huge roof light that sits square over the centre of the building. And just like downstairs in the conservatory, there are little panels between the clear glass of really gorgeous blue and, um, blue and yellow. And yeah. it's just so lovely. And again, like you get downstairs in the conservatory, when the sun's out, now of course the sun's setting, so you can see it's rather gorgeous sunset, but when the sun's out and strong, you get this lovely reflection of blue and yellow on all the walls, which is gorgeous. But what's so weird about it is that the um, the, the, the roof light is big and it spans more than one bedroom and so the wall comes up to a certain height but there's no partition above that so effectively all the bedrooms are sort of kind of linked like a lavatory cubicle <laughs> yes exactly isn't You've it, got it. There's, just it's like a lavatory cubicle so you can hear what's going on in yeah there. no <laughs> worry about being locked into your room because you could nip over the top if you had but to. no secrets between the servants no oh, i wonder no. if people did do that i wonder if they did because you could climb up couldn't you over these walls i have been to the next yeah i have visions of them throwing a sort of apple core over or something <laughs> yes. like that yeah. to shut somebody up if they were talking too much at night yeah. it's always really nice in a museum this hasn't happened to me that much before but when you get shown something that that no one else gets to see it's quite exciting you know when you open those little back doors and you get to it's go through yes yeah. yes oh, well it's been fantastic showing you around thank you so much for coming so i suggest now that you go go downstairs back down into the gallery where john's waiting to meet right. you and show you around our exhibition are you trying to get rid of us have we outstayed our welcome <laughs> it usually <laughs> happens be honest. always welcome back here <laughs> but john can't wait to meet you so thanks claire thank you you will go down the little steps Don't taste it. Yes, you yeah. do not take a tumble. Yeah. Oh, you must be John. Hi, Mel. Hi, John. Pleased to meet you. Good I'm John. I'm the curator here at Pittsburgh. Nice to meet you, Emma. Hi, Emma. Pleased to meet you. Thanks for having us, John. We're quite intrigued. We've got a few things to ask you, if you don't mind. I don't mind. So, Pittsanger Manor, it's the home of John Sohn. Um, you've added in the last few years with the refurb that's gone on here gallery space. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, what you'll be looking at in a minute when we go into Ez's installation is actually a former library. It was built in 1939, and it used to be the site of John Soane's kitchen, basically, where he did all the food to take through to the manor. So since 1939, it's been a library, and it's had different uh, evolutions since then. But last year, well, last three years, it's been closed and we've renovated it. But basically, if you, well, you won't see it on this installation, but if you come back again, you'll see through amazing skylights. The first show we did here, the gallery was completely open and you could walk in, but you'll see Inez's piece in a minute, slightly different. So, you know, it was a former library and now a gallery. Now, this exhibition is only on till January. Yes. And this podcast... Uh, will be, um, I don't even know the terminology. What does a podcast do? It's out, is it? It's out? I think it's generally out. Like yes. an old LP used to be back in the days. It's out in April. Tell us about the Hogarth. There's, there's a big link with Hogarth and John Soane, isn't there? There is, yeah. Hogarth's wife bought the Rakes Progress back in 1801. Uh, we're getting back the original paintings that were bought for here that now are at Lincoln's Inn in the picture room. So Rake's progress isn't here quite yet, but by the time this podcast goes out, yes. Rake will have made his progress all the way back to Pittshanger Manor, where he was destined to be. Is that, is that right? Yeah, first time in 200 years, or over 200 years since they left, yeah. So we're doing a contemporary show around the Rake's progress. So the Rake's progress is this one guy 
inheriting a lot of money wow. from his father, pays off his... So it's a bit like a comic strip, a bit like a, a film strip. It was one of the... People do refer it to it as a, as a comic book, you know? So, do you remember My Guy, John? It was a magazine in the 80s. Do you know, Mel, I don't. They used to have a film strip, and it was always a, a love story, which yeah. obviously Rake's Progress isn't a love story exclusively, is it? I know what you mean, yeah. So, or with bubbles. You yes, mean, with coming bubbles. Out of the yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Photonovellas. Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Always some level of trauma throughout. Yeah, yeah. Well, high drama. Yes. Well, this is even more, actually. So he inherits the money, he pays off his girlfriend who's pregnant. Um, she goes away, he gets, he's dressed up here, visits a brothel in Covent Garden, the Rose Tavern, I think it's still there, possibly. Loses all his money, marries an older woman... Um, We've all been there, John. Gambles it away. (laughs) Gambles it away. (laughs) Ends up in Bedlam, unfortunately. So, you know, the thing is, people look at her experience. I mean, you know, Stravinsky's done an opera, there's a play about it. David Hockney's done a series around it. You know, people look at it as a sort of slightly comic because it's satirical. But we've kind of gone against satire because everybody's satire now, don't they? All the politicians satirise themselves. So we're slightly looking at a, a slightly darker, cooler side of London. Are you saying we're artists. in a? Are you saying we're in a post-satirical age, John? This That's is what you're saying. Beautifully put, Mel. I think we'll you go with that one. Post-satirical. <laughs> yes, definitely post-satirical. Yes, definitely. So, Mel, Emma, would you like to come in and see the new installation, and I'll show you the gallery. Always, John, definitely. with come you, on, with come. you, anything. Look at that. Oh, hello. Oh, wow. You can see white and mirrors and reflections. Oh, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Oh, wow. <gasps> that's so clever. It's like we're in the inside of a sort of... Um, spaceship. Of a spaceship. It's slightly Star Trek, isn't it? A space and time ship. And it's really cool. It's What do you call these, these little sort of models? All of the wall, the round curved wall is covered in these little sort of artist models. That is actually beautiful, isn't it? It's really beautiful. It's quite zen as well. It's quite meditative. Oh, look, is that the Colosseum? Yeah, Colosseum's over there. The pyramids should be somewhere as well. Oh, Statue of Liberty. Oh, there's Liberty. Oh, this is great, actually. I could just spend the afternoon just spotting. It's brilliant, isn't it? And then if you look above you, then because there's mirrors on the ceiling, it literally feels like we're in a big globe. That's really clever. This is crazy, John. It's so good. Do you know Ezra's work? She, she's a set designer. Yeah, know right. That. So she did the Lehman Trilogy recently, oh, yeah. the National, the Glass Revolving thing. She's done things at Dunmar and at uh, Almeida and Royal Court, all the set design. And yeah. then she's Beautiful. worked with Kanye West and Adele and oh, Weekend. And it's so lovely and you quiet too. in here. Yeah. And the lighting is amazing as well, to have that extraordinary sort of planet-like object yeah. reflected in the ceiling. Illuminating the whole area is really beautiful. This is going to sound weird. Okay, try me. It's got a slightly, but I mean, very, very arty, obviously, and beautiful. It's got that clean sort of IKEA feel to it. Do you know what I mean? Is it's that just because clean. you're wanting a trip to IKEA and it's in your head? <laughs> but the light, the light is, isn't it? In a lovely way. I wasn't I mean? quite getting those vibes, I have okay. to say. I was thinking of it more as a journey through space and time and thought. Okay. And Ikea. <laughs> and I, well, actually, every trip to Ikea is a journey through space and time and thought, especially the market bit when you think you've nearly got out and you have half a mile to go. Then it's years. Yeah, it's literally, literally years. years. But this must have taken her so long. Look at the detail of all the models. Absolutely beautiful. All the little buildings, all this beautiful The stuff. cathedrals and 
cities and palaces and it's mosques. A, yeah, it's a, it's a sort of place that you'd want to stay a long, long time, actually. I have noticed there's a shop, which is always a worry. Let's go and have a look. And on occasion, you have been caught out, haven't you, by buying something from the exhibition which you said you hadn't gone to and then wearing it. And then your friends found out that you what weren't that? saving the exhibition to go with them. You'd been already. Oh, hang on. We've got form. The yeah. David Bowie. Yes. Mate. You'd already been, mate. You'd been. You've, you went three times. Sorry, we just have to get this out in the open. You went three times to the Bowie exhibition. I went twice. No, you went... I went twice and I was saving myself to go with you. Turned up at your house and you had the full David Bowie <laughs> jewellery on. I'd forgotten that. I'm so sorry, <laughs> You came to the door bedecked. In David oh, Bowie. Hang on, that one we went to the other day, though, there was another one where you had already been. The, 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 the guy that made the dresses, I've totally forgotten his name, French guy. You know, the big one we went to, big dresses, 50s. I think I might just let you drown with this one. I, I, your, your mime is fantastic. Do you mean Dior? Yes, yes, Dior. You, right, don't lie to me, you'd already been to that. I told you I had. I did tell you, I did fess up, I said I had been. This podcast is now becoming a therapy session for our friendship, which is too long anyway. 41 years of friendship with this woman. This could be the, the parting journey, couldn't it? The parting outing. And, and about time, in many ways. I'm sorry about the Bowie. I had actually blocked that. I, I totally that. forgive you. I apologise for everything else I've ever done wrong in our friendship. We haven't got time to enumerate. Sorry. Like belching. Now, Purse, I'm aware in the old diary... Yes, mate? In a, actually, it's next week, I think, or the week after. I'm going to come round um, to your gaff and we're going to do a little bit of DIY. I'm looking forward to it. Bookshelves. Can we bring anything that we've learned today from Pittshanger Manor into your well, flat? Well, I think although I do live in a flat, I am quite keen now to uh, knock through into the neighbour's neighbor's floor, really, and create a bit of a skylight for myself. With vestibule? Definitely a vestibule. That's what I'm lacking at the moment. And a tribune. A tribune, a vestibule, <laughs> um, and lots of extra light from the surrounding area. Yeah. A light well from the um, upstairs neighbours would be would get on a treat, I think. <laughs> Just kind of drill a hole in your ceiling yes. into the floor above. Lots yeah. of holes. Yeah. I would quite like to live in Pittshanger Manor, I'm not going to lie to you. You know I've always had ideas above my station. Yes, yes, you, I do know that, you have. Um, I think it is really appealing because it's actually not so enormous that it feels really daunting. You I can mean, it is quite of, big. Yes, I mean, obviously, it's about <laughs> 15 times as big as my flat. But you feel that you could move your furniture in and although it would lower the house price immediately, you could work with it. Yeah, it's, it feels domestic, doesn't it, which is lovely. It does, yes. And a nice, really nice place actually to come with a mate here. Do you know what I mean? Are you going to find one oh. for next time? <laughs> I tried everyone before I got to you. I'm sorry. I tried about 25 people. None of them could come. It's okay. I'm you used know. to it. I'm I not saying you were the last resort for this museum trip, but, you know, it was it was tricky. Yeah, well, luckily I've uh, had nothing else in my diary, so... <laughs> and we said before, the house of drama, it was all kicking off oh, here, yeah. wasn't it, with the yes. family? That is quite depressing, isn't it's it? It's really depressing. I mean, it's, you can imagine really overbearing dad. Yeah, but also building this place with real expectation on it to be the kind of party house, the weekend place yes. where you invite all your flash friends. And then actually the reality of it to be this kind of quite sad domestic family story. Quite weird. And it's also sort of a 3D selling tool as well. You construct this beautiful, beautiful place and say, did you enjoy your evening? Perhaps you'd like to buy one for yourself. Yeah. 
But I mean, he didn't need the money, though, did he? Or did he? I don't know. No idea. I can't imagine he did. A big old place in Hoban, and then this is his weekend yes. gaff out in the country in the Queen of the Suburbs. Um, yeah, I can't imagine he was short of cash. I guess it just shows that, you know, best laid plans and all that. Yeah. I suppose, I think the sons were quite bold, you know, to, to kind of write that very public article about the dad basically slagging him off yeah. and then to slightly reap the consequences of that. I don't know. I think you're right, absolutely. It takes some courage to do that to somebody who presumably has got a certain level of fame and respect and to say, no, I'm not going there, I'm not doing that. And is also holding the purse strings. And it's where you live, yes. So they <laughs> they, they probably die. I don't know anything. Let's find out. Let's go away from here and find out what happened. Let's do some research. To the young Sones. Uh, young Master did, Sone, one and two. Did they die in penury? Did they have massively successful careers? Did they do something completely different from architecture? Did one become, I don't know,